This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello and welcome to episode two, which comes to you from the second season and has Koza from the episode Weapon. I'm Eric Moore and joining me is fellow beta grade technician Ian Marchant. Hello, Eric. Hello, Ian. How are you? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I feel we should have um, some sort of um, catchphrase to intro us to these little chats. Um, A catchy catchphrase. A catchy catchphrase. A catchy That's catch a good phrase, idea, yeah. and I, th- I think, you know, tailored to each episode, and next week's episode, yeah. I'm not giving anything away until <laughs> the end of the episode, but I, yeah, there's some adjectives that we could start thinking about for next yes. week, definitely. All right. Yes. Uh, after, next week is ideally if we were eating a lovely ham dinner, isn't it? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a ham fest next week. It is. Brilliant. There's a little clue. I mean, we're, give, we're going to give it away at the end of the episode, but uh, that's something for any listeners <laughs> that uh, might be out. I've, I've got to preface this, that we're doing this show. Um, this is our, our second episode. We've got no idea if anybody's ever going to listen to this. It might uh, only nope. ever be you, me, and our partners. You know? Yes, yeah. It might It might only ever get listened to for proof listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on the assumption that uh, other people might listen to it other than us, right, let's get this off. But before we talk about the episode, I think you mentioned before when we were talking about Blake Seven on Effectively Speaking that the first season is your favourite. Is that right? Um, Yeah, I think the first season holds together the best. It feels cohesive as if they had at least an idea of where they were going with it. I find the other seasons, uh, season two especially, um, they it's as if they're, they're they're trying something new each episode, and they never quite hit a you know a, a way of doing things. And mm. and and to, today's episode is especially true of this, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, sometimes it worked in the show's favour, and sometimes it yeah. backfired terribly. But that word cohesion, I think. I think what season one had over the others is that it was solely written by Terry Nation, wasn't it? Yeah, so exactly, you had that yeah. cohesion. Yeah. But for yeah. me, I mean, I prefer the second season over the first. First comes second place, but I prefer the second season because, you know, the show, it had found its footing. Um, some of the, as I say, some of the one-off stories were very good, some of them not so good. But uh, also the quest begins in season two as Blake has decided he's going to take down the Federation. He's not just going to harm it. He's not going to do these little actions. He's actually going to take it down. And I like that when we move away from the one-off episodes, there is this progression as the quest is undertaken, which ultimately climaxes in Star One, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, season one is very much how can we survive isn't it whereas season two is how can we hit back how can we how can we get rid of the federation um i can't remember which episode it is and i can't even remember which character but i think it was avon where he says uh in the end winning is the only um survival survival and it, you get the feeling in this this is this is what blake's come to 
um, that he wants to bring down the federation. Now he's not. He doesn't just like you say. He doesn't want to hurt them with pinpricks. He doesn't want to just survive, and he wants to bring them down and put the honest man in charge. Well, we're going to be talking about this soon because yeah. this is one of the episodes in season two where it, that idea is established. Yeah. Uh, this this episode, weapon. It's a Chris Brett Boucher story, and you know, with Chris Boucher stories. As always, the dialogue fair sparkles and it's eminently quotable. And this is one of the stories that I used to listen out of all the audio cassettes that I had. Some of the dialogue in this, you know, is just brilliant. And, you know, uh, as I say, it's just so quotable. It is. the Everyone gets a little shining moment in this. And some of, like I say, the dialogue is just, it does sparkle. Avon gets some of his classic one-liners. Um, Villa gets to be cowardly uh blake gets to be uh on his high horse about like you say it starts the idea that he he wants to 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 put power back in in other people's hands um i must admit what re-watching this it's been a while since i watched summer season two and i'd forgotten just how much i love uh version two of travis i i love version one i think i think he he's a very believable character but uh, this version of, of Travis, uh, Brian Croucher, is I just I, I sat and watched it and I was just I fell in love with the guy. I thought this this is <laughs> I can see why people think he might be not a great actor because some of his delivery. But when you get sort of into it, I, I think, yeah, he, he he's, he's actually really clever. He's 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 pinpointed his version of Travis and it's not it's not the same character at all. No, but it's just it's just wonderful. And the other thing that surprised me about this, and again, watching it as a standalone episode, is a how atypical it is for Blake Seven. If you if you'd never seen Blake Seven before, this isn't the episode to start with, because it's not really. It doesn't feel like it takes place in the the universe we've built up carefully over season one. Um, I got the I got the feeling that the writer had possibly just reread June. <laughs> Yes. Because there's there's lots and lots of beats and story ideas and the way that everyone seems to be to have a guild almost for doing different things. You've got the clone masters who are, you know, they're sort of a cross between the the people that made the golems and the uh, you've got the um, the psycho strategists, which are just mentats by any other name. Yeah, and it yeah, feels yeah. very June like rather than the the sort of the the extrapolated from the 1970s politics version of the Blake Seven universe that was season one, um, but I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I think I think it's a really really strong episode. It's a cracker, isn't it? It is yeah. a cracker. All right, well let's start talking about it. Let's start at the very beginning, um, which is a very good place to start. Um, and it starts with this terrific slow motion explosion of Koza's spaceship. Which yeah. now was this? I... Yeah, sorry, I was going to say was was this a outtake from Orac or I was just about to say it, it yeah. looks an awful lot like Ensor yeah. Junior's ship doesn't it exactly yeah I I saw that and I thought perhaps they just had various versions of this model laying about I'm not sure but a good know. explosion yeah. it, it's a very good explosion I mean that ship was used you know later on in is it what is it mission to destiny or something like that yeah. that ship is it has got a gunmetal finish 
and I know they used it more than once, and I know that they still exist because Matt Irvin, yeah. um, when he goes out on his uh, you know convention circuit, he show, yeah. shows it around. So they have molds for it, but it does look like an outtake from something, and it's mm. very strange for Blake Seven in that it's in slow motion. Yeah, it blows up in slow motion, which is. As I say, very unusual for the show, with very Jerry Anderson-style slow-motion flames going along at the bottom. Yeah, see, see, again, atypical. It's not... This isn't Blake 7 as we know it, I don't no, think. No, no, no. Um, so we have this explosion, and then we see our um, our guest star for this uh, episode, Koza. He's getting up to watch That's... it along with Rachelle, um, which isn't at all convincing. When they get up, you you don't believe for one second that they are actually anywhere near that, <laughs> that, that, that exploding spaceship because you can yeah. see they're standing in a wheat, wheat field with a patently obvious barbed wire fence is in yeah. the background. Did you spot it? Yeah, there's you can see barbed wire fence and also as they stand up, you can see what looks like a power station behind yeah. them, <laughs> um, which given where you know they 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 do then walk to this settlement this this X industrial place i sort of okay I'll, I'll buy it but yeah you don't you don't for this any second feel that they're anywhere other than in a car park somewhere yeah 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 i think what they're doing is it doesn't matter that you know in the foreground you can see wheat in the background you can see a power station and barbed wire because they know that we're all looking at koza and just in unison oh. going what are you wearing koza the poser it's amazing koza. isn't it <laughs> it's just astonishing i i, I, th- I Again, this is the this is the sort of the weird, almost Dune-esque feel to this episode. In that, that you think he he says he's a like a third grade weapons technician. Yeah. Is this what they wear? Exactly. <laughs> Did they all wear this on this weapons base? You yeah. know that he's escaped from. Is this standard health and safety clothing if you're a weapons grade technician? Oh, purely from the health and safety point of view, those collars have got to be dangerous. He's only got to lean over into a lathe and he's gone. <laughs> it's amazing. It also looks like it's made out of like brocade curtain, doesn't it? It it's does. It does. I love the fact that his collar is so much bigger than <laughs> Rochelle's. She's got a yeah. tiny little collar compared to his, and he's got so much bling on that as well. What yes. is going on with this? Perhaps. It was June Hudson, wasn't it, the costume designer? on Blake 7 I think it was June uh, Hudson yes yeah oh. I, I I got a feeling these are left over from something else I don't know hmm. I may be wrong I know this this particular outfit still exists because you right. see it every now and again on the Facebook Blake 7 costume page where it goes to various exhibitions and things hmm. but it feels like it wasn't if, if someone has said to I mean I'm not a designer I don't profess to be a designer but if someone said to me well you need a costume for a weapons technician I can pretty much guarantee that unless I was very lazy and I had this on my table left over from something else and thought, yes, I've got just the thing. I I wouldn't go down this route. I can understand it for um, the the, uh, Rochelle, did you say? I didn't even catch a name in the program. Did they ever mention it? Very strange. Oh, he says Um, it over and over again. He's always barking at her. Yeah, he's he's, he's an angry man. Um, He's an angry man. He's caught sight of himself in the mirror and he thought, oh, <laughs> he's channeling that, yeah. isn't he? Yes, yeah. he is. Um, but yeah, her. I could I could go with she's a bond slave. Very, it, obviously, it's it's she's she's a sex slave. It's sort of hinted at, mm. not very subtly. Um, you get the feeling she's a reward for him for being a good little weapons technician. Yeah. Um, so I can understand you, you could sort of say, yeah, what she's wearing, mm, possibly. 
But no, 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 what he's wearing. No, I, I mean, you say, oh, maybe it's a leftover. It reminded me uh, an awful lot of the outfits in the Doctor Who story, uh, The Robots of Death. Yeah. You're, you're, you're on that, that sand, fitted, sand miner. Yeah, yeah. and that, that kind of fitted in. I don't know if there it, it was just some leftover material, but boy, the only justification I can, I can give for it, because as you say, if you were told to design a weapon-grade technician outfit, it would be some sort of lab coat, wouldn't it? Yeah. The yeah. only, only thing that I can think of to explain this is that he's in disguise because <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. look at him and go that's a weapon grade technician would you no that's true yeah if you if 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 someone saw him they wouldn't immediately leap to that's the guy that's missing <laughs> that's weapon there yeah Maybe yeah you might be right is. there yeah i mean it, but... all he needed to finish that off was a small wooden painted duck on his head wouldn't he and that would be a perfect <laughs> disguise Oh dear, oh dear. And I tell you, you know, it's quite it's quite an outfit, but he really needs a shirt under that because, you oh, know, what, wow. what with his pasty white skin and all that black hair yeah. sprouting everywhere, he needs... He's got, he ne- yeah, he's got a comb over from hell. It's yeah, unreal. He, yeah, yeah. Um, he needs to comb up from that chest yes. because he, he's got yeah. copious <laughs> amounts of hair down there. He needs to go up and over, really. There's a, re- there's a really weird scene later on as well, and I'm wondering, is this a theme that I'm missing in this episode? Because Blake has a lot of his chest exposed in this one and there's one scene where he says uh, like let's get let's get to business and he makes a point of doing his zip up i know <laughs> so is that is that the difference blake has between leisure blake and does his and, and top business zip. blake yeah and business blake all business do your zip up so i yeah it's it's strange but yeah he needs he needs he's forgotten his t-shirt hasn't he this coza yes, he needs yes. to be wearing a t-shirt yeah yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> after the horror of, of seeing that outfit, we we cut <laughs> to Travis. As you say, it's yeah. our very, very first look at uh, yes. Brian Croucher in the role. Now, um, what a great costume he's got on. I like he has. this Travis costume. I like the costume. I don't like the eye patch. I much preferred Stephen no. Grief's uh, eye patch. This one's well, much I... smaller, isn't it? Yeah, I understand that they, they consciously did this, didn't they? Because they wanted it to look more like a pirate's eye patch, mm. which... I can see that's what they've aimed for. I don't think that's a good move. Um, I I'd sometimes envision Brian Croucher as Travis with the makeup from season one, Travis, mm. and it would be so much better, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, we won't talk too, too much about him here because Travis, yeah. both versions are going to feature in a future episode. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, um, Brian Croucher, right from the get-go, is pinpointed, you yeah. know, just what he's going to do. Because, yeah. Um, this is post-breakdown, Travis. Uh, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. I mean, he mentions that he's been reconditioned and it and it's like between the seasons... He has a total and utter breakdown because of his paranoia and, you know, just obsession with Blake. And he's come back from, you know, the physiotherapists or whatever you want to call them. And he, he's totally gone. Um, yeah. Um, Every, he's insane, basically. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. He's, he's now he's become mad. Um, and it surprised me watching this. Everyone is angry with everyone else in this show. Isn't it? Everyone's, yeah. everyone's not happy. Sorry, no, that was no, Ale- no. that was Alexa. If you heard that, she's she's asking me questions. Um, it's like Orac, isn't it? It's a, Alexa's as annoying as Orac if you've got one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you need that sound effect of it turning on and off, though. Yes, and also much like in this episode, Alexa, you ask her a question, she gives you the wrong answer or an answer you yeah. don't want, and Orac or does tells this you off because you haven't asked it properly. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's doing it again. Shut up. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's angry in this episode. Yes. So, so Avon is really angry with Blake. Um, yep. Blake is sort of really angry with the Federation. Servalan is really angry with Travis. Travis is really angry with Blake and Servalan. And he's, everyone. <laughs> and everyone. Yeah, he's 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 definitely got a chip on his shoulder. It's yeah. um, but really, really well written. Yeah. Believable anger. Yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's in a curtained room, this this rather <laughs> yeah. strange curtained room, and in walks Blake, who he promptly shoots dead with his uh, yeah. hand gun, well finger gun. Yes. Um, Blake does and... a bit of um, a bit of hamminess there, doesn't he, when he begs Travis not to shoot him? Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and and as I say, you know, I said in the last episode, you know, I used to listen to these over and over on my yeah. C60 cassettes, and the next bit, I, I, <laughs> I would stop and fast forward, because you've got that odd music. It, it yeah. is really weird, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you've got this short... odd music. Yeah, it's a shortcut for this This is uh, this is spiritual, isn't it? Yes. yes. This, this is, is special. This is different. Yeah. Um, which, which is fair enough. But then you've got this old lovey, this old woman, she comes in <laughs> and she's walking with her arms up very gingerly yeah. down those stairs. Yeah, she, she's not she, dressed for stairs, is she? She's not. She's not she can't stairs. see where her feet yeah. are. <laughs> and she's trying to go down those stairs. Yeah, and it takes forever. And you have got that music going on and yeah. on and on. Um, I, I'm waiting this was for the very direct- strange. Yeah, I'm waiting for the director to say, no, Kurt, no, can we try that again? Yeah. <laughs> You're a being of faster, great power. Please. Yeah. What, what, what? Oh, I, did, I don't know. Yeah, this was something I, I, I would stop and fast forward through. You don't need the audio yeah. of that. Um, but we find out she's one of the clone masters. Yes. And, uh, We've the, never the, heard the of body before on... and we'll never hear of again. No, I think there is mention um, later on where Servalan says something about un... since the untimely demise of the clone masters. So that's oh, something that... that happened between episodes where they've all been yeah. bumped off. They all so, yeah, this is the first. didn't they? Maybe that's when they've yeah. all got broken necks. Yeah. yeah. But we find out the dead body on the floor was a clone yeah. of Blake. Mm. Um, and if that's the case, someone went to an awful lot of trouble to perfectly match his clothing. Well, I I was watching this, and this, this I mean, I know it's it's BBC sort of plotting and scripting, but why is he wearing the same thing that Blake has chosen to wear in this episode? Now, mm. we've know, we know from, and this is what I like about Blake 7, other than up to season 4, people wear different clothes each episode. You get the yes. feeling they're just going and getting something out of the Liberator story. So how did they know that Blake yeah, would wear this? And then they knock up one. several bespoke sets of this. Unless yeah. clothes can be cloned. I don't know, perhaps. I don't I'm not know. a clone master, you see. No, no, you haven't got a broken neck. Um, no, I can, I can get them downstairs fairly easily. There you go. Yeah, that's because you don't wear a long dress. Well, I hope you don't wear a long dress and stick your arms up in the air as you do yeah. it. No, 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 don't do it, Ian. Don't, you, you will have a broken neck. If, if you're going to wear a dress, wear a short one, all right? I think that, that's uh, a lesson to live by, yes. That's my tip of the day. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because they must have cloned the clothes because yeah. the second clone of Blake comes in wearing, wearing exactly the same, the same stuff, thing again. Yeah. With that odd music again, which I'm I'm sure is meant to like invoke some sort of reverence in yes. us. It's almost like you know, holy music, isn't it? It is, and it doesn't. Again, this is what I was saying earlier. It doesn't fit with what we know of this hard universe of Blake Seven. There's mm. not. There's not really. The only time they ever mention like religions is to 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 sort of knock them down. Yes. Prim- primitive societies have religions and and worship phallic shaped spaceships and things, but this is yeah you 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 feel that we're meant to be going ooh these these people control us and I do like the fact that 
when the the clone master lady woman staircase person says she goes sort of gives the reasons the rules that clones can and can't live by and they say we cannot create life that's uh, that's not been created before. It's like yeah, that's having a baby, isn't it? That's what you're describing there. <laughs> don't don't be proud that that you can't do that. And I do love yeah, yeah. that that Brian Croucher as Travis actually he answers her back and talks to her the way that we as an audience want to say yeah. things to her. She's yeah. totally no reverence whatsoever. He speaks his mind, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. There's, I mean, when yeah. she says this city is a living city and it takes its uh, feelings from it, and he goes, "Anyone in particular?" <laughs> it's just so. It just, I just laughed out loud. I thought, I wonder if that was scripted. That was so good. Yeah, no, it is good. Right. So next, we go to the Liberator, and Avon's stirring it up. Yes. Um, Very subdued, dressed Avon. He yeah, is. He is compared to what's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's wearing. It's it's obviously you know because Blake Blake has dropped his zip a bit, so he's announced it's leisure time. Yes. So Avon's just wearing a polo neck uh, jumper, isn't he? He's, he? He looks all right. Or he I looks like feel... he's come from rehearsals. Yeah, I do feel for the guys on the uh, uh, Liberator because yeah. it's very rare that you actually see them, you know, um, in leisure time. Yeah. And there's a couple of times where you see you see Blake and I think you see Villa in one episode. I can't remember which one it was. I've watched it recently. And you see them in their cabins and it's just that God awful, you know, metal frame thing with yeah. straps on it that looks like a hospital trolley, and that 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 they're fully still fully clothed. You never see them in you know pajamas. You never see them in a dressing gown. You never see them in slippers. Um, they're always like this. And as you say, that that the the extent of their leisure wear is undo a few buttons or um, yeah. undo your zip. I think it, doesn't in one of them Blake takes his top off. Does he in? I'm sure he does in one of them to does, show that he he's. Does, yeah. No, I, the only time I can remember with his top off and Villa does it as well is yeah. when they're down on a. a oh yeah, in a that, mining yeah. facility or something, and that's a sight I really didn't yeah, want to see. Didn't didn't want to see that. Um, the other thing, of course, the, I think we we see him occasionally. Aren't they playing like Space Monopoly at one point in one episode? Oh, and you of think, course. You're yes. you're in the the universe's most powerful ship. And you're playing Monopoly. <laughs> space Monopoly, isn't space it? Monopoly, it's Space yeah. Monopoly. I don't yeah. think that was written by Terry Nation, but if he had written it, it would be Space Monopoly because, of yes. course, he to do any that there's yep. he always puts space in front of anything to make well, it sound science fictiony. So space medicine, space doctor. Yeah. I think that's it. He would just take an old script he's written for Z cars and put <laughs> space, space Zephyr, yeah, in front of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I, I do feel for these guys that no wonder they all started going a bit loopy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as I say, Avon he's stirring it up yep, because it, it it it's yeah it seems that sooner or later Callie says sooner or later Blake will attack Central Control on Earth, and for that they need weapons. So he's planning a raid on the weapons development base. Yep. At this point in the the show's history, you still agree with Avon? Avon is still the only one sort of talking sense mm, for most yeah. of it. Um, he de- later on, he, he starts coming up with weirder ideas than Blake. But you do feel that that Blake's ideas, Blake only only survives in this show because he's got the hero exemption card. His mm. ideas, his plans are stupid. Yes, they really are. And this is another one of them, which I I do love the fact when he he says about attacking, or, or later on, someone says, "Who who on earth would be stupid enough to attack a weapon center?" <laughs> it's just yeah. 
Classic. Yeah, I mean, I, Avon definitely is the voice of the viewer. Yeah. It's like, no, that's, you want to do that. And and Villa usually, you know, he, he, he just wants a quiet life and he objects to everything. But he does say in this very segment about, oh, well, we have got into these uh, level security places before. So even Villa is kind of like, up for it you know yeah that, that that was sort of strangely written as well occasionally villa would do this when he was he would act in a way that didn't really fit with his character hmm. um and i i feel in this one it's you can sort of get past it if you buy the fact that he's trying to impress callie that's the I, feeling I, I get I, from this no i read it more that you know he he totally and utterly hero worships blake so if blake says do something he yeah. will i mean we'll have this in the third season you know, when Tarrant wants him to do something, immediately yeah. he objects. No, I'm not doing that. But if Blake yeah. says something, you know, he he does really look up to Blake, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Gan as well. Obviously, at this he just any Blake could say anything, and Gan would follow him. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose you're right. There is there's really there's a still a little bit of of hero worship in Villa. I, I think at this point, at this stage, yeah. once Gan goes. Yeah. And uh, things start changing. I think you know that drops away, but uh, so that's the setup. I'm, you were saying this doesn't feel like a, um, a a regular episode, and I think an awful lot to do with it is the fact that the Liberator crew aren't in it that much. That is it's true. Far yeah. more to do with Koza and the Federation, with the odd, you know, switch back to the Liberator to find out what they're doing. Yeah, they're not. They're not the central protagonist. To to the point that later on they what when i first watched this program I, you sort of think oh there's a copy of blake i know exactly the scenes that will come later on none of them do no it's really it's really yeah it not blake doesn't do a lot in this no none of them do no but uh anyway we go back to cosa cosa and rochelle and the two of yeah. them are walking through what what is that is that a grain silo or something like well, that I was, I was watching this and it I don't know, but it had to me. It it had it looked a little bit like it might be like a disused airfield because there were certain certain crates that looked like the sort of stuff that engine parts and and plane parts come in. I used, used to work on a RAF base and very very reminiscent of that. But then there's one bit they walk past and it looks like you say like a grain conveyor belt in a crate. Yeah. Um. So I don't know it. It looks good. It looks deserted. But then that's the 1970s Britain, isn't it? They could have filmed anywhere and it would look like that. That could have been a thriving industry going at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the unions hadn't been got rid of. Yeah, yeah. Bloody Thatcher's Britain. What do you suppose happened? People must have left. I could see that, but why did they leave? This isn't a Federation colony planet, so who were they anyway? Perhaps they were free. They probably were. So? That's why they left. Is there anyone there? Hello? They must have been free. Well, at least we can hide here. Don't you see? I should have known better. A labor-grade slave. You're pathetic. Anyway, Serverlands Britain. Yeah, Serverlands universe. Yeah. yeah, but he's a simmering pot of anger at this point. I he, mean, he, he's he, an he, angry man, isn't he? He's Very, sneering I mean, at. Yeah. yeah, he's sneering at Rochelle when she proposes that the reason no one's there yeah. is that they've gone because they're free. So he doesn't like that, and he sneers at her for that. And and that's when we learn from Koza that she's a labour grade. Yeah, Koza is one of those lovely people that talks in exposition. 
doesn't yes. he? he? He drops in. You get a feeling he would drop in things like, uh, as we're walking to my brother's birthday party, his 28th yeah. birthday. He's, he's one of those sort of characters that, that, that drops in plot points that you need. Um, but, yeah, you do. Uh, he is the one who's explaining everything to us. Yeah. And all the way through this, the, the, this whole episode is about the class system. Yeah, isn't it? You know, back, and and about who, who's above whoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got beta grades, yeah. we've got labor yeah. grades, we've got the clone masters, and uh, an awful lot of this episode is like know your place. Yes, and don't get and that, um, uh, ideas above your station. Yeah, because he's sort of saying that they they didn't expect a third grade technician to be as clever as he is, mm. which it shows that they were prejudiced against him. But he's also heavily prejudiced against Rochelle. He mm-hmm. treats her with with utter contempt, but he's also he's a bit up his own ass as well for himself, isn't he? Because he he thinks he's much much cleverer than he is. Yes, and it's, but he's not. Yeah, no, he's not. He's he's that he's being played, you know, like a fiddle, isn't he? They they the Mentat character, the psycho strategist. He's he knows every step he's going to take. It's it's mm. again it really. Considering this is sort of remembered as a sort of a, I won't say a kid show because it was on sort of prime time, but a, a, almost a Doctor Who-ish kiddie stuff. It's really, really cleverly written. It did mm. surprise me because, like I say, I've, I've not seen, I've not seen season two. Not my favourite season. I might, I think I might have to revisit some more episodes. And perhaps I've, perhaps I've misjudged it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. We move from then and we go back to Travis. And as you say, some people might take him as overacting, maybe OTT. But in this scene, what I really like about this scene, I mean, he is giving it all and he is potentially overacting. But Serverland's response to him back, I think that just makes Jacqueline Pierce seem even cooler. Because she's not rising to the bait and she's, you know, she's just standing there taking it and giving it back without going to the <laughs> the extremes that Travis feels he needs to. Yeah, Servalan as I don't think has ever been cooler in this, or is indeed what that the, the puppet master says sexier. She's she's brilliant in this, and you're right. Travis is he he's he's masculinity writ large, isn't he? He feels he has he to is. shout. He he postures. He when he moves up towards someone, he's very threatening. Whereas Servalan doesn't feel the need to do any of that she knows she's in charge mm-hmm. and she's you always get the feeling she's humoring him as you would a yeah. child yeah um, yeah she, yeah that's how she, really i think true. that's how she sees him he's just yeah. like you know uh, uh a spoiled brat basically yeah. he is a child and she knows just how to play him as well yes and she knows that she controls the one thing he wants i mean uh, where when he 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 plays it really well again where she says she says i'm going to take away everything that you or the one thing you've got left that you value and he he does a little line way you know after the reconditioning is there anything left that he values and she just says blake's death and that's it he's yeah. he's immediately yeah. put in his place and he's yeah. yes sir no sir yeah it's yeah. very nicely done yeah all right so after that scene we're back to Koza. um and boy he's even grumpier than ever <laughs> Don't wander off like that. No, sir. I, I think this was a mess room. 
We could be comfortable in here. Filthy. I'll clean it up. It'll be fine, you'll see. Fine for you, maybe. Probably not much worse than what you're used to. Please, rest. You're tired. I'll make us some food. You'll feel better then. I feel fine now! Dare treat me like a stupid child. I'm sorry. I was just trying to please you, sir. Don't call me sir. That's what they always wanted. Yes, sir. Of course, sir. At once, sir. Treat you like dirt. Patronize you. Doesn't really matter. You get used to it. I mean, I didn't really care about that. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. They were trying to take the credit for my work. They were going to steal it right in front of me. As though I was so unimportant or stupid, they didn't even have to pretend it wasn't happening. That's what really made me angry, the contempt they had for me. Yeah, is uh, <laughs> have they re- have they entered Moonbase Alpha yet? Have they? Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It does look like it. It looks like a deserted. It's got the same, yeah, it's got the same lamps, hasn't it, on the table? It's it got seems the like same sort of, lamps. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if that's because you know the BBC did buy an awful lot that's of Anderson yeah. stuff off of them. Yeah. Um, it it could be that, but yeah, he's telling Rochelle not to wander off. He keeps snapping yeah. at her, and she's so nice through all this. I mean, he's throwing all this crap at yeah. her. Um, well, and, she, and, she's, and yeah, the dynamics between those two are very similar to, to Servalan and Travis, and to a certain extent, Blake and Avon in this episode. It's re- like parallels. It's really, like, I keep saying it's cleverly written. It's, a, it's really well thought out because, as you said, Servalan controls Travis. She knows exactly how to control him, but Rochelle doesn't. So she's mm. trying to be nice, which is the last yeah. thing that this, you know, PTSD Loony. suffering nut job. <laughs> he doesn't want. He, he hates himself, yeah. so he doesn't want someone. In fact, someone being nice to him is the last thing he wants. And he, and she. I mean, she plays it really nicely that she's been trained to be nice to to obviously work out what people want, and she can't with him because he's he's mm. he's as cracked as a bloody broken teacup, isn't he? He's he's mental. He is cracked. And yeah. he's such a hypocrite. He's grumbling about how his bosses yeah. treat him like dirt and how much contempt they had for him. And he's doing the exact same thing I, to her I think that's after he said that you're realistic. free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's wonderfully realistic though. Um yeah, he says, um, I set you free and then cont- then orders her about. Yeah, you haven't understood yeah. what freedom is, have you, mate? You know? He's such a hypocrite and he's such yeah. a bitter angry man, this guy. He, he, he's he's like um is it Mr. Angry or Mr. Furious in, in uh, Mystery Men? The oh, uh, ben Mr. Stiller character. Yeah, Mr. Furious, yeah. Mr. Furious. You know, he's yeah. a ticking time bomb of fury, yep. isn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he, he he plays it again. Everyone in this show, other than the, the horrendous uh, clone mistresses, everyone plays it really well. And he's, I mean, he's a good actor anyway. I like this this fellow. He's been in Doctor Who a few times. Um and you really get the feeling that he is literally like if if he went to get his sandwiches and <laughs> someone's had the cheese and pickle, he's he's shooting, isn't he? He's yeah. he's he's going to the top of that bell tower with his gun. Yeah. Oh, with him absolutely. He's going mad. Yeah, there's a lot of anger in this episode yes. and, and yeah. we cut back to Travis and he's really going for it. You know, he's still angry. We've got the more of that music, we've got more arms up and the clone oh, is gonna be given to Servalan. But we also find out that he's a copy 
um, as yeah. he wasn't taken from any of Blake's cells. So he's not a clone then, is he? No. he. I mean, God knows how they made him. I don't know. Because they, they make a big, even though it never, ever plays into anything, they make a big show that he's not a clone. So he hasn't got he hasn't got Blake's thought processes. But a clone as we know clones wouldn't have. No. So I don't, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it, it does. I can see why they drop this because I think, I can't remember whether it's Travis or Servland makes a point of, we could just make an army of people. Yes. Well, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's a storyline that can't really go anywhere. No, no, no. It sort of goes one way and then it yeah. just stops. And yeah, I don't think you're supposed to think about it. Okay. I wonder if whether they were going to go somewhere with the bloke clone storyline, though. Would I'd love to know. I'd love to be in on the meetings for these things. Yeah. Because you got the feeling this is setting up that this this. I mean, clone Blake could have ended up being the 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 big bad of season two, couldn't he? They could have mm. done so much with him. Now, I think a lot of these episodes, you know, these ones like Weapon, you know, they were written as one-offs. Okay, yeah. you've got the regular cast in it and the regular bad guys in it, but they're standalones and they're never referred to again, you no. know. It's like filler to just get you up to your 13 episodes ready for the last yeah, episode. Yeah, it's, it's almost like an anthology show, but with a recurring cast, isn't it? It feels yes, like Yes, yeah, indeed, yeah. But then we go back to the Liberator and Orak. He's found yeah. out that Koza has escaped from the weapons base along with something called Imipak. And along with that, we get some brilliant voucher dialogue from Jenna on maybe how Imipak is another sort of Orak and maybe they yeah. can crossbreed it. <laughs> Sir, something called Imipak is missing together with a beta class weapons technician named Koza. That is what I said. You also said the information would be virtually impossible to obtain. It would have been. But I picked up a command ship security band for which you already have the code. Fortunate coincidence. Not really. When you obtained the code, you did instruct me to monitor command ship frequencies and pass relevant data to the battle computers. Do you know who the message was for? No. It was a priority one for automatic relay to the senior officer present. All right, I want more information. I want to know everything there is to know about this man, Kozer. I want to know how he got out of the base, and I want to know what Imipak is. I am unlikely to be able to, to be get able that information. To... Yes, I know. Maybe you'll get lucky again. There is no rational basis for the concept you call luck. Oh, just get on with it. Maybe Imipak is another Aurak. If we captured it, perhaps we could breed from them. A disgusting idea. Yeah, not, actually, I think this is the only time anyone laughs or smiles in this entire episode, isn't it? Um, I love Blake yeah. in it. His uh, what a disgusting idea. Yeah, yeah. Blake Blake was another character that they they never showed enough of those little moments. I don't think no. to to humanise no. him. He needed it, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, definitely. we had it with Villa, and we had it yep. to some to some great extent with um, with Avon in Rumours of Death in the third season. Yeah. We got we, we we got to know them more, you know. But Blake. Blake Jenner and Gan, we never really saw anything, did we? No, they Blake was just the the heroic resistance leader, but you never really, you know, I, I mean, they do actually make play of it. It's like what, what when you do win, what's going to take the Federation's place? And he's no idea. He's no. he's he's a one idea character, and I I, I like Gareth Thomas. I think he plays it really well, but. There's no meat there for him to work on, is there? Other than, no. and he he tries putting little bits in, like little character bits, but it, yeah, compared to Avon and Villa, um, mm. I even Callie gets some 
from yeah, Callie story gets backstory. Yeah. yeah, 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 with her origin, and then when yeah. you see her sister in Children of Auron and everything. But yeah, the main hero character is is a bit of a blank sheet by the end yeah. of it all. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't really know anything more about him at, in you know by Star One than you did on the way back. No, no. no. All right, okay. Well, we're back to the planet, and Koza and Rochelle, they made camp in that mess room or whatever it is. Yeah. And we, we get such a swing of character from Koza. He, he grumbles about his lot in life to to what appears to be genuine concern when Rochelle goes, oh, dear, because she's mentioned something that yeah. she overheard a pilot say. And he's like, what's the matter? And he actually seems genuinely concerned for her. But then he goes back to scorn when he realizes that she just thinks that she's made an etiquette mistake or something. Yeah, he's he's a very complex character in in his emotions. He's really all over the place. Very believably that this is a man on the edge of a nervous breakdown, or even just past a nervous breakdown. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. You, again, yeah. It, it, again, just a little glimmer of humanity, and it's all you need. Yeah. To to suddenly feel sympathy for this guy that that you really shouldn't, because he is an ass the whole way through, isn't he? He's, He's, he's not someone you would want to be stuck in a room with. No, no. But we get we get more of this class thing going on because yeah. he says that Rochelle is labour grade and she should know her place. Koza is beta grade and he, he was supposed to have known his, his yeah. place. But he doesn't want to know his place, but he thinks she should. You're right. Yeah. He's, a, he's a monstrous hypocrite in it. Um, but yeah, he's obsessed with it, isn't he? He's, a, he's obsessed with with almost getting the recognition from the people that he despises, but because they're socially above him, he feels he needs to have that. It's yeah. very deep, isn't it, this episode? It's very, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like a, a, a writing masterclass, this round. Yeah, no, no, it's terrific stuff. Yeah. This place gives me the creeps. It is very quiet. Something wrong with it. Something here. Don't you feel it? No. Listen. What is it? Shh, listen. Did you hear it? Sort of slithering noise. I can't hear anything. You think I'm imagining it, don't you? Perhaps it was a rat. A rat? Rats are very clever. They go everywhere that people go. On all the colonized planets there are rats. Did you know that? I heard a freighter pilot telling someone about it. Oh, dear. What's the matter? Bond slaves aren't supposed to listen to the conversations of the free greats. Not likely to report you, am I? I'm sorry. Still, I know what you mean. Beta-grade technicians aren't supposed to be clever enough to develop a weapon like Imipak. Only I did. Were they going to punish you? A disobedient slave can be modified. Did you hear it that time? We also have Rochelle talking about how a disobedient slave can be modified. And yeah. watching it this time, that's a line that's always passed me by. But there I was thinking about a disobedient slave can be modified. Do you think she's talking about mutoids? That's that's what I took from it, yeah. That, that, right. that the mutoids are the end of the line for people that they remove your personality. You become a, you know, a, basically just a robot creature. Um, yeah, mm. I, that's what I thought, that... that if if she can't if then if she can't be useful in any other respect, she's going to be cannon fodder as a yeah. mutoid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Koza he he is a, a 
strange noise outside. It's this this, yeah. this creature. We never really get to see it. He goes outside to check, and a while later, Rochelle she tries to do the same, and this time he threatens to kill her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that if she yeah. doesn't do what he says, he will kill her. Yeah, he's he's definitely a, a freedom type of guy, isn't he? He's yeah, he's he's not a, he he's not uh, he's not sane, is he? He's, no, he's, he's not gone. sane. Because we, we we then go to Serverland, and Serverland yeah. has found out that when Koza left, he killed everyone involved with the Impact yeah. project. And uh, again, Serverland is terrific. She responds with such a great line. Well, at least we know it works. Yeah, pragmatic <laughs> as ever. Yeah. Now she's with a bloke by the name of Carnell. You've mentioned yes. him a couple of times already. I don't want to talk about Carnell. Okay. I want to totally skip over him because he is the subject of a future episode. Right. Because I think he's fascinating and I think he's definitely he's, he's acted beautifully. Yeah. And he's and he's got beautiful eyelashes as well. I wish we'd have seen that. more of him. Yes. Yes. Um, suffice it to say, he's the one who's providing the info on what Koza most probably would be doing next. He's the one who's guiding Serverland and the Federation yeah. to track him down. But Orak has already guessed what planet Koza must be on, and Blake illustrates it. Oh. Saying, he says it. That's an iPod. Uh, sorry, an iPad, isn't it? I mean, basically, he's got a slab thing with a little wire yeah. and a pointer. It's like a, it's like the the third calendar's version of an iPad, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose to be fair, Star Trek had sort of similar with the captain's log, but but yeah, it's um, it definitely looks. I mean, it's what we would use now to do a uh, PowerPoint presentation. Yes, yes. Yeah, but I do love my favorite. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> favorite scene though, and I just laughed out loud when I watch it, where he says, "Orax narrowed it down to here," and he draws a circle on the map, and it's like four galaxies. <laughs> It's a galaxy. It's yeah. not a planet. No, it's like it's like oh, now him down to there. Have you all that? Well done. Yeah, there's about it's ten hilarious. billion planets in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, the Federation scout ships they found Koza's ship burnt out, yeah. um, and it's nighttime on the planet, and the creature thing is is back. We hear it catch and eat a rat. This is all yeah. through suggestion. We don't see any of it. You know, there's not the much budget for, for this it, episode. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We we see a shadow at the window of the door, yeah. and it also tries the uh, the door handle. Um, and later they think it's gone, but it's back. It's got one solitary arm comes crashing through the well, door. I, doesn't I it? I was watching. Yeah, I was watching this and watching it on Blu-ray. And uh, I always assumed it was this, like it's the same arm. But if you look at it, the thing that crashes through the doorway has like three toes, as if it's like a almost a a paw type thing. And then the right. close up when they're pouring smoke out of it, it looks more like a lobster claw. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's two separate things. So I don't know whether it's just that they did the the smoking bit at another time, and that you know that's what they had. But yeah, I always assumed it was just one appendage. But it's actually I don't know if it's meant to be two or it's just you know special effects continuity um but yeah it's uh it's it, it's not the most awe-inspiring um <laughs> appendage anyway is it uh no it's gone i wonder what it was i think i'd rather not know still keep still <laughs> keep flat and still Told it it's dead yet. 
But we get another great line in this bit is, you you know, the claws come through and um, Kozer, he opens up his Mm. case and out comes Imi Pak, which he uh, snaps together. It's like a two-part rifle, um, shoots it, doesn't seem to have made any effect, and Rochelle tells him. And we have the great line, I haven't told it that it's dead yet. Yeah, really. Because... Clever way of introducing that weapon as well. Yes, yeah. It's a clever way of introducing the weapon. As I say, um, it, it, it's made up of clear plastic yeah. parts. Look, looks um, a bit cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's got a key. You shoot you shoot something <laughs> with it. We'll find out in a minute, the, you know, the full reason. But yes, you shoot something with it, and then you've got to activate what you've shot at it with a key, which seems to be a big, bright blue box with 70s buttons on it. Did you spot... Yeah. What was at the top of that box? I didn't know. At the very top, painted black. It's very hard to see because it is painted black. It's half of an engine bell from a Saturn V F. Is it? No. Yeah. On Facebook, I'm, I've got a lovely screen grab of it. Yeah. And I have thought about making it because, you know, the buttons, I yeah. think, would be easy to replicate. I've got the Saturn V part. But then it's like, do I want a bright blue box that's just not going to do anything? You could, you know, you could I suppose if shelf. you could put the insides of your TV remote into it, you could use it. Yeah, for I sp- that. Oh, that's Although an idea. It, it's got less, considering it's this m- m- really powerful weapon, complicated, it's got less buttons on it than an average TV remote. This is very true. Yes, yeah. 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 I, I have right. my I have questions when we get later to Imapak and how it works. All right. Well, we're going to get there soon yeah. because outside, Clone Blake, he's wandering around the outside of what looks like now look like a, a soup factory or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Old factories seem to be ah, everywhere in the future. You've got it. That's what that creature was. It was a soup dragon. Ah, oh. crossover. Yeah, and, and crossover. when when Koza killed it, he dropped a clanger. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Um, yeah, all these old factories—they just seem everywhere. Yeah, in, in the well, they were. Universe. Let's face it, that, because they were. Yeah, because yeah. it was the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go inside and we've got a bit of rebellion from Michelle, who says, mm, "You know, don't treat yeah. me like a bond bond slave." And it's like, "You go, girl!" At yeah. last, at last. And he's gonna retaliate, but as he goes to retaliate, uh, Clone Blake comes in. I wonder what he would have done to her. Do you reckon he would have killed her? I think he would have. Koza. I am not armed. I know you. You're Blake. Blake! Thank you. But I know I am. Who are you? I'm Koza. My name's Koza. I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. I brought something for you. Something to help you. How did you find us? A gun? Not just a gun. Imipak. It's called Imipak. Induced molecular instability projector and key. Imipak. What does it do? It kills. Shut up. Will you shut up? How does it kill? This is the projector. It'll work on anything living. All life is linked. You use it like a gun and it projects a potential. An unstable molecular potential in the part of the victim that you hit. The beauty of it is that unless they see you do it, or you tell them you've done it, they don't even know it's happened. And that kills them? This. This kills them. This is the key. When they're in range of this and you press that, it triggers the unstable molecules. Death at the press of a button. I see. What do you mean you see? Aren't you impressed? Look, 
Once you hit them with this, there's nothing they can do to remove the spot. It's there for as long as they live. And you decide how long that is. This has a range of up to a million miles. Just think of it, you set the range here. If he's within a million miles, you can kill a marked man any time you want without even seeing him again. Or you can leave a whole series of these in various places ready triggered and then kill himself whenever he comes within range of one. Or you can tell him they're there and you can be certain he'll never go where you don't want him to go. Selected victims, groups, whole populations. You can be like God. Koza recognises Blake. Now, obviously, yeah. Blake has never met Koza because he doesn't know who Koza is. So it must be some sort of vidcast or something. Well, Blake's won- reputation is getting around. Yeah, I wonder if there's like the equiv- there's like the look-in of the future and it lists like wanted terrorists and yeah. Blake was pin-up of the month. Pin-up of the month. Yeah, I especially so. when he's got his top off. Yeah, yeah, he's got his, he's got his buttons undone. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rochelle is suspicious right from the start. She wants to know, how, how did yeah. you find us? And he totally ignores it um, because, you know, he, Koza starts gloating over what yeah. the IMIPAC is, his creation IMIPAC is. Now, IMIPAC well, stands for Induced Molecular Instability Projector and Key. I think I used to use that to take hair off my legs. <laughs> but I love... I love Koza in this. The, the the passion that when he's explaining to Clone Blake just what yeah. you do and how it works and how you could see the planet or a star system with them already activated and the person will never go there, blah, blah, blah. Brilliant, brilliant acting in this, yeah. I think. And it also, because when you first see the gun and you think, okay, it's clever, but it is, at the end of the day, just a gun. And it's only when mm. he explains it and you suddenly realise that for a, you know, a, a fascistic... Uh, regime this is about you 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 just you just blip babies as they're born yeah keep keep their uh death number somewhere and you yeah you've got complete control and it's a when you think about it is it it would be a galaxy changing weapon Mm. really clever you can see why Servalan wants it. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, th- because only... we have to point out, yeah. at Servalan at this time, she's not the president. She's, no. she's, you know, she has many, many more stages. There's many more people up the ladder than her. And she is ambitious. She's looking at this to just bump off the president and everyone between the president and her so she can take the place. That's, that's her plan in this, isn't it? Yeah, at, at this point, it's still a political system. Mm. So you've still got the politicians are above the military, mm. um, which obviously at sort of season three onwards, it, the Federation is just the military. But at this point, I think it's still more interesting that, that it's very political, um, which gives it a bit more depth, I think. But yeah, she wants, she's already got the eye on being, uh, you know, the, the top dog, uh, yeah. even though she's Supreme Command, that she's, you know, that's not, not enough for it's her. It's not enough. She wants to be president. Yeah. And we get a brilliant... I mean, John Bennett, the actor, we'll oh, be talking yeah. about him in a minute, but his brilliantly lined face... I mean, in, on the, I mean, I haven't got it on Blu-ray, but I, I've got it on DVD and on a big TV. His brilliantly yeah. lined face, as he realises, as it all sinks in, that he's well and truly stuffed yeah. because uh, Servalan and Travis then walk in. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's got a face. It reminds me a bit of Patrick Troughton. Like you say, it's very lined, very expressive. And yeah, he he the penny drops for him, doesn't it? He realizes yeah. that that all his carefully laid plans are for naught. Yeah, yeah. And he might be mad at this point, but he's sane enough yeah. to realize he's in deep doo doo here. Yes. 
Yeah. But we go outside and real Blake, Gan and Avon have teleported down. They start to wander around. So we know they're, they're on the scene and they're catching up. And then we get Servalan kills Koza. Koza? No. Let's see. The range would be about eight feet. No. No, let's make it four. No. Not quite within range. No, please, please, I didn't mean it. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, offhand, off screen yeah. even. Yes, yeah. yeah. You don't actually see what it does. You get a bit of shouting, but yeah, she very matter-of-factly just decides to, you know, get rid of him and keep the gun. Well, Imipak is a very inconsistent weapon, isn't it, Shane? Because when he fires it at the um, the, the, the soup dragon, it it just leaves a pile of soup behind. Yes. But when he... he, he she shoots uh, Kozio off screen and you, you, you hear sound effects and your, your mental image is, oh my God, she's liquefied him. Then you see him a few scenes later laid on the floor. <laughs> He's just laid yeah. there. No, no injuries whatsoever. Um, yeah, it, I wish it had been a bit more consistent. Also, the range. At one point, Kozio says, the range on this is a million miles. Hmm. Bit of exaggeration. And then uh, Servalan sets it for, or says, oh, eight feet range. And then later on, when Blake and Gan walk into the room, she goes, you're now in range. Or they've been in range for the whole episode if it's a million yes, miles. because they're a million miles. Yeah. a million miles, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to think about that anyway. Yeah. But we get Blake and co. They're wandering around, which looks like a railway's good job yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's than changed now. To, yeah, you're, you're right. It looks like a railway siding sort of yeah. place. And they're doing that stop and look thing, which is oh, setting God. things up yeah. for something that's going to be important in a few minutes' time. But here, yeah. it looks a bit odd. It's like, why are we getting these shots of them just stopping and looking around and moving? Yeah. But we're going to find out in a couple of minutes, aren't we? That's it. They stop, look at the camera, have a look around, move on. Move on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it comes across as a, a little bit silly. It does. Uh, but it's going to get sillier in a minute. Uh, yeah. But before that, Servalan, um, I mean... The gun makes a noise, you know. When yeah. when you mark someone, it makes a noise. She marks Travis and a guard, and they don't hear the noise. I imagine, though, that when they filmed it, of course, there was no special effects, and they probably, perhaps, they didn't plan on it having a noise because it doesn't make any sense. You, Travis, should turn around and go, "What?" You know, because yeah. he should know that she's just fired at him. Yeah, yeah. But she gives the gun to Travis, and she tells uh, yeah. him to go and mark our hero so off travis goes with it and here we here we have it we have the most preposterous thing along with the clone masters segment in the entire episode as blake avon and gan are each walking conveniently stopping for a moment to be marked by travis and then moving on it's just so silly it's untrue especially because travis is looking between two pallets or crates and he's got a field of vision that covers about (laughs) three foot and they they all stop like blake Mm -hmm. stops and unplugs his gun and plugs it back in. What's he checking? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, still plugged in. And then um, Gan stops and just looks a bit gormless. And then Avon stops and he does that sort of yeah, he does shielded the Avon swivel bit, thing. He? Yeah. And why are you doing it? What? What? So I'd love to, for you know they they show that shot and it's looking through the crates at Travis. And I'd love him to pull back. And there's perhaps an interesting poster. And that's why they stop <laughs> to go. Oh, this it, it makes no sense. Can I just rewind you about a minute? Yeah. Something that I thought of, I, I was watching 
next week's episode in preparation oh, yeah. for when we're yeah. going to talk about episode three. Avon does Paul Darrow does this shielding of the gun thing that yeah. nobody else does when he holds the, the Liberator gun up and he holds his other hand over it almost like when in the old it's cowboy fan, films yeah, where it's fan in the yeah, yeah 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 but you don't need that with a Liberator gun why does he do, do that because because Paul Darrow is a, a big Western fan and it, I oh, don't know if you've ever is? read um, Avon a terrible aspect it's a no a novel no I know that, of it but I've never read it bloody awful. And that's written as cowboys in space. So everyone's using guns that need cocking and everyone's using shotguns. And when people get blasted, it's, you know, it's bullets ripping into them. And I think uh, Paul Darrow is just a Western fan. So he's grown up with his his heroes doing that weird fan your gun, which only makes sense on a single action old revolver. It makes no I mean, it makes no sense on any other weapon. No. Oh, bless or, him. Or, is, is <laughs> come it, on, here's the justification. Or, um, perhaps the light that the the gun gives off is quite bright, and it hurts his eyes, and he's just shielded. He's going, oh, it's too bright. Could be. All right, you justified yeah. it. All right, yeah. okay. Back on track. They burst into the room, and they order the gun to be put on the floor. And Avon doesn't like this at all. Um, they're too confident, Blake. Yeah. Goes. This this um, is another. This is a classic. BBC drama uh, sort of thing where people jump in and they won't kill people or they won't shoot because either someone's holding someone in front of them or in this case, Servalan's got the control box. Just shoot them. There's no way they yeah. can do that in time. You could go and no. kick them. Yeah. You, know. you didn't have to burst in and say, stand still. Just shoot them. And yeah, you shoot know, them, your, yeah. your, your problem is done. You just shoot okay. them in the legs or the groin or something. You, know what I mean? it's, yeah. you don't have yeah. to kill them. Or just shoot the gun. But yeah. anyway, Servalang, Sir she kills the guard to de- demonstrate yeah. Imipak's potential <laughs> and then tells them to run to test if they can outrun it. Yeah. Uh, but what she's actually doing is she's setting things up so the Federation, again, she's thinking of herself, yeah. the Federation will think that Blake's taken Imipak, but she's yeah. still got it. Which is again, very clever. Yeah, and she, she immediately knows that, that Blake and Avon are such good tacticians that she knows that they won't just take off they'll do a half circle of the yes. planet to try and get put the planet between the gun and yes. them which they immediately do and it's like little things like that and you suddenly think yeah serverland you you should have won <laughs> you're cleverer than yes. these people yeah yeah because that's what they do they teleport yeah. up that's immediately what blake says to do and yeah. they go to do it hoping that to put the planet between them and the key will actually stop yes. it uh, Travis, Travis goes to press the button, but Rochelle steps in now, and she yeah. says that they're both marked, and they'd better clear off. Yeah, but again, they're both marked, but Servalan has the control box. Just don't put your code in. Yeah. I don't. Again, it's it's as if they've rewritten it to say that you can only press the button once, and it kills anyone that's been marked in a certain area, so they yeah. can't press. It. And it, again, it's a little bit of a false little bit of a false ending that you can you can think of any number of ways that Servalan could get the drop on these two. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, they do. They that they do slink off. Um, and we have another great line. My compliments. Is there anything for us here? Yes. We're free. 
we survive alone? There's a subspace communicator somewhere here. We must get a message to Blake and tell him he's free too. Let me do that. Then we could start to explore our planet. I love the way Brian Croucher turns to to uh, yeah. clone Blake and Rochelle and yeah. goes, "My compliments." Yeah, <laughs> he he's. I, I I love him in this. I love him to bits in this. I know it's in some of the later ones. He's he's really gone into panto villain mode, but in this, he's. I yeah, he he plays it so well. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rochelle, you know, she says, "I oh, will send a signal to Blake to yeah. say that he's okay." Blah blah, and then they've got to go off and. Uh, it's left open-ended as they go off to explore their planet. Yeah, now, there's not a lot there, I, is there? There's not a lot there, and there's only the two of them. Now, mm. I know I know that y- you, like myself, back in the day, we were into Blake 7 fandom, and we yeah. were me- members of Horizon. And I, I don't know if it was in the Horizon magazines that used to come out, but there was an awful lot of speculation about this clone Blake is still alive, yeah. and how either... Fast forward right the way to the very last episode of Blake 7. That yep. the clone Blake could then continue and be the new Blake if there was going to be a fifth season. You've still got a Blake out there. Or the Blake that we see in the very last episode isn't the is, real Blake. Yeah, and is this the is the clone Blake. Blake which this, I don't yeah. believe because he knows about Jenna and stuff, doesn't he, in the very last yeah, episode? Yeah, it's... Um, also, I, I think it, it it's... It's just nonsense. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a huge amount of fanfic about Clone Blake. Uh, he, uh, it was a very it, it almost gave people carte blanche to write whatever they wanted. Um, mm. And yeah, there was a lot of these theories that, like you say, that it wasn't Blake on uh, Gold Prime. It was Clone Blake, or not actually a Clone Blake because uh, he's not a real clone. Some somehow copied Blake. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it but it's it's just nonsense, isn't it? Why worry? It was Blake. <laughs> it yeah, was Blake yeah. on there. But yeah, it was a big thing in the seven in well, certainly in early days of fandom, the early eighties. That there was yeah, that clone Blake was a huge thing, which it, is why it, the, the, it sort of surprised me. You never got any more of him. I, I know. I I think what it is is like you know the the season. I mean, this is huge, massive spoilers, and we're not going to get yeah. to it for a very long time. But you know, when the series ended it was effectively painted into a corner and it's like, well, how do yeah. we get out of this? And you're looking, I mean, there's the whole thing about the sound effects during the end yeah, credits yeah. on the very last episode or, about okay. whether Avon's still alive and whether they, the, the rest of the crew was stunned and blah, 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 blah. So everybody is looking for any way to try and get out of this and get another crew back together, you know? Yeah, I think, it's got it so long since I've read it. There was a, there was a Tony Atwood book called Afterlife, and it was, oh, it I'd was, do you remember? About that. And Clone yeah. Blake appears in that, doesn't it? And gets eaten by a tiger. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, just, I, I think yeah. that was a read it once and, yeah, and you know, awful book. But it. yeah, I'm sure he, he appears to, to give a plot point and then gets, it's like Monty Python, he gets attacked off screen by a tiger. <laughs> Clone meat being the best type of meat, of course. Um, of course. Of course. But yeah, it, it, I, I was, because um, Carnell says um, about Cozier that, He's so he's so passed into into his disorder that he won't even question when two Blakes start to appear. And I mm. thought, ah, oh, they're going to have they're going to have a thing where is it Blake? Is it not Blake? He's going to yeah. split up from me. Nah, don't do any of that. No, no. Which is good. Which yeah, is good. I mean, you, me, you, but... you know, 
very often in yeah. in this episode you think oh, i know where this is going to go and it just never materializes which is yeah. good thank th thanks to chris boucher yeah right so that's that's the episode over because you know uh we get back to the crew and you know is is there uh you know a cure for emu pack and avon goes yes it's called slavery another great yeah. line he and that's the way the episode ends it, it, it's a very good um avon episode yeah. this yeah. yeah, considering it's not an Avon-centric episode, he gets he gets all the best one-liners. He does get some yeah. good ones, yeah. All right, so that's the episode over, so we'll turn to the actor, uh, who you know and I know, yes. and I'm yeah. assuming a lot of people are listening to this know, John Bennett. Is he the brother of Gordon, do you think? Uh, I don't know. That's one for the English yeah. listeners yeah. and the American Americans listeners. Americans would what? Well, they'll, they'll <laughs> be saying Gordon the same Bennett. about the, They'll be saying the same about the Soup Dragons and the Clangers, won't they? So, this is very true. Yes, yeah. please. A anybody who's not UK based or of a certain age, please look up Gordon Bennett, <laughs> the Clangers, yeah. and the yeah. Soup Dragon, and you'll know what me and Ian are waffling yes. all about. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, you'll know what our lives have descended to. Yes. <laughs> so John Bennett, I mean, he's an instantly yes. recognisable actor. He's got a face made for villainy, hasn't he? Um, well, he's, he's got that because. I always, I mean, other than his Doctor Who performance, I always remember. I know what you're going to say. Can I stop you? Go on, go on. You're going to say the Doctor in Porridge. I was, yes. Oh, yeah. I knew it. Because <laughs> he's got that perfect. I'm doing a job that I hate, but I got to do it. Face. Yeah. He has. Yeah. He's got a sneer to him. He's yes. always sneering, yeah. even in a comedy. Again, if you're outside the UK and you're not a certain age, look up Porridge sitcom and yeah. you'll know what we're talking about. But yeah, even in that, in a comedy where he's the prison doctor, yeah. <laughs> he looks more villainous than any yeah. of the inmates, you know? <laughs> yeah, he. Um, I, I was looking him up on the Internet Movie Database before... Uh, earlier on today before we did this and uh, he did quite a few Z cars and I thought yeah he's mm. as soon as and as soon as the casting agent sees him they're going to go ooh villain yeah yeah I'll tell you what is so weird about this I IMDB'd him for the bit we're just about to talk about the the, the the weird thing about this is is when you see him as Koza in this episode he's actually four years younger than I am now wow but he looks like my granddad yeah <laughs> It's that 70s thing, isn't it? It's like it is the 70s. Ev yeah, everybody, everybody looked old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, but yeah, I I would have I would have put him in his sort of 60s easily. Yeah, no, he you wasn't. <laughs> oh. All right, so yeah, IMDb. I've I've been doing the thing, the tally man section. Here we go. The Cali tally, um, yep. No, there's no Cali tally for him. No, I'm sadly, mm. we've only got two of the tallies today. We've got the genre tally. Yep. which is your generic tally, uh, 13. Um, wow. I counted. That's pretty good. He, yeah. He was in The Curse of the Werewolf, that classic yep. Hammer film, uh, Pirates of Blood River, which is a not-so-classic Hammer film. Um, that's the one where it's a pirate film, but they didn't have a boat, so it was all <laughs> at Black, uh, on Black Park. I've got it, and, it, and it's awful. One. Yeah, yeah you've got Christopher Lee as the uh, head of the pirates, and they basically come up the river. That you're meant to believe their ship is somewhere just out of shot, and they've come up a boat up the river. Yeah, it's a pirate like film some, without. Sounds like something off Tony Hancock, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's really weird. Um, he was in the Avengers, uh, the House that Dripped Blood, um, Doctor Who's The Talons of Wang Chiang. Yeah. Okay. Also, Doctor Who's Invasion of the Dinosaurs, yeah. where yeah. he's a good guy. He's actually yeah. a good guy in that, isn't he? Uh. uh I can't remember. He's he's meant to be good, but I think he turns out to be evil, doesn't he? 
Isn't he the bad it's, temple? It's been ages since. I yeah. mean, we, we're going to do. Inv- I, I want you on board for this uh, yeah. for effectively speaking invasion of the dinosaurs. You Probably know, for the dinosaurs. Yeah. It's a long time since I've seen that. Oh. Um, he was in Survivors. We've been mentioning yes. Terry Nation. That's another yeah. Terry Nation show. Uh, the Plague Dogs, which was this oh, the animated, yeah. animated one about dogs that escape from a laboratory and they're carrying plague. Uh, Hell film? comes to yeah. Hell comes to Frogtown. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh God! I love yes, that. indeed. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Merlin of the Crystal Cave. Don't remember he that was one. In that, he was in Alien Nation, which I never watched. Never liked the look of. TV show or not the film? Yeah, one. yeah. TV show. TV yeah. Show. Uh, he was in the Fifth Element, but yes. I, as I, oh, yes. I only watched that once, so I don't remember. He was wasn't he one of the doctors uh, that created no, um, uh, what's her face, Orange Hair? Oh, well, Miller, Miller, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know. I only watched it once and thought, nope, not for me. That was it. Jason and the Argonauts TV version. Oh, I was going to say, I don't remember him in the film. No, 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 no. TV version of Jason the Argonauts. Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't appeal. And uh, something called The Infinite Worlds of H.G. Wells, which was another, like, TV movie oh, or something. Right. Was that the, and yet, the anthology one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it's it. It's a different story each. Or am I thinking of uh, The Amazing Mr. Polly? A recent one. I oh, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, and then he's got a who tally of two, as I say. Yes. The Fate of the Dinosaurs, where he was General Finch. And The Talents of Wang Chiang, which is a, a story which, shall we say, wouldn't be considered politically correct, correct now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it. I mean, a lot of people are saying it's racist now. I don't, I don't think it is, but it is a, 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 a very pale white man made up to be yeah. playing a Chinese person. It's not racist. It's no. racist in, in so far as you use a white man made up to yeah. be Oriental. That's the extent of the... Ra- it, it, much yeah. like Christopher Lee in the Fu Manchu yeah. films as well, you know. Which is a shame. If, that... if you don't watch it because of that, so say you say, I think you're missing a, a brilliant Doctor Who story and a very good performance. It's one of the best, shame. isn't it? Yeah, a a lot of people vote it their yeah. favourites. Yeah, I, I think it's... As, as typically as a six episode, it's a little bit long. Mm. Sitting through it in one sitting, if you want to do that, is is a chore and a half. But mm. it it is is certainly in my top ten, probably my top yeah. five. Yeah, no, no, it's good, it's good. All right, so that's it um, with the who tally of two. That's the end of the episode. So um, we're going to teleport out in a minute. Um, yeah, we just alluded to it at the beginning of the show, episode three, next next time. Um, <laughs> well, hey, we <laughs> will be featuring, there could only be, if you're going to go for a guest character from the third season, there could only There's be only one. one. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it is Ian, who? It's Colin Baker as Babe and the Butcher. Or Babe. As his Babe, mother liked to call him. As his him. mother called him, yes. <laughs> what, All right, oh, so, I, can't, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I can't wait yeah. either. All right. Um, okay, everybody, if you enjoyed this, wait for the next one because uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? We have. All right. Thanks, Ian. And, no problem, uh, yep. I'll see you soon with a babe. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>